And our first reading this morning is from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. And if you'd like to follow along, it's printed in the back of your announcements. In preparation to hear these words, let us turn our hearts in prayer. Holy God, we give you thanks for these ancient words and for the lives who have carried them down throughout the ages. Slow our hearts and our minds this morning that we might be open to the unexpected and hear a word from you this day. Amen. The word that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In days to come, the mountain of God's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above the hills. All the nations shall stream to it. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Holy One, to the house of the God of Jacob, that God may teach us ways that we may walk in God's paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Yahweh shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come. Let us walk in the light of God. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Let us continue now to listen for the word of God from the Gospel of Matthew. This is Jesus speaking. But about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only God. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Humanity. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too, will be the coming of the Son of Humanity. Then two will be in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together. One will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, 
for you do not know on what day your Messiah is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have left his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Christ is coming at an unexpected hour. This ends our reading from Scripture. The season of Advent is upon us. Every year I look forward to the candles and the waiting for the birth of the baby Jesus. Its magic does not grow stale for me. But then I also watch Christmas movies every year with great joy. I probably re-watch Downton Abbey every December for the same reason. I know the story, but still, the magic. However, every third Advent, we are given texts that still catch me up and remain unexpected. Texts like these read this morning, contemplating the second coming of Christ. The end times, the end of the world times, however you want to frame them. Jesus is talking to his disciples in this 24th chapter of Matthew's Gospel in the midst of a long monologue, preparing them for his leaving, his dying and resurrection, but still his leaving. Their lives are going to be turned upside down. Later, they will have the experience of Pentecostal fire, which will send them boldly out as evangelical apostles of the love of God. But first, they will be tested. They will be afraid and lock themselves in the inner room where they can be cozy and remember the good old days when Jesus was in their midst as friend and companion. With these apocalyptic words, Jesus is fortifying them with spiritual meat. I picture them staring wide-eyed into Jesus' face and wanting his arms holding them, offering them bottled milk, please. So why must we think about this huge canvas of cosmic proportions on the first Sunday of Advent? These prophetic words of scripture remind us that Advent waiting is a multi-layered experience. We remember the first, we remember first 
the long-awaited arrival of the Messiah, born among God's people as a babe over 2,000 years ago. We also treasure our own experiences of knowing Jesus, the Christ, in our current lives here in this circle. But we are also challenged to put all of these memories into a more global, indeed more than global, context. We remember, though it may be harder than hard to affirm our trust, that Christ is coming as ruler, savior, love both in the flesh and divine throughout the cosmos also created by God in the beginning. Some circles of Christians think about this affirmation a lot, but we here in this circle, not so much. Maybe that is why the wise people who put the lectionary together made sure we did so at least once every three years. The particular person of Jesus of Nazareth, born of Mary, friend of the disciples, prophet of justice and love, looms large in my own spiritual walk. The image of the cosmic Christ, mm, that one is daunting for me. Now, there was an evening some years ago when one of the members of what is now the Thursday night Bible study group helped me to see afresh the importance of this image. We must have been reading a resurrection text from an epistle and wrestling with what on earth does this mean. Someone suggested that we draw a picture of the resurrection. That was probably Morgan. Anyway, a young man named Adi, an engineer from India who was raised as a Hindu by his family, drew a version of the cosmic Christ, which touched me deeply. The image was inclusive enough to hold all of our varied Bible students at that one particular table, but indeed all of God's children of whatever faith in the world. We were so proud of that image, we tacked it up on Pastor Jeff's door. He was away on retreat or vacation or something, but we knew he would like it. Now that's a segue to the hard part of this sermon. Talk about the unexpected. I would bet I was not alone in hearing the news of our pastor's impending retirement with utter astonishment. I believe my first words were something like, but you can't. (laughs) This retirement does not fit into my At my age, that means who will preach my funeral? (laughs) For others, 
it will be my baptism, my wedding, my retreat that I was going to go on. I always meant to. And on and on. We thought we had more time. Jesus was looking at his disciples who had every one of those thoughts and more when he took them on this journey into the bigger context. The gospel of love and justice is so encompassing, so cosmic in its momentum, that all of us who are caught up in the spirit in particular ministries of compassion and joy are assured that these ministries go on forever. And yet, and yet, there are endings and beginnings. No single one of these experiences is the end. Now, when my beloved Jean died 16 years ago, I thought that was the end and could not imagine ever discovering joy again. At this point, it's hard to imagine that Jean never got to meet and know the last batch of his grandchildren, the last four born since his departure. They, each one, have made me laugh with great joy. As Tyler turns 14 in January, I am gearing up for the cries of anguish which will accompany full teenagehood. Life in all its cosmic glory does continue, as Jesus told his disciples long ago and tells us now. And it will be different. Jeff tells us each time a new member joins our circle that our circle's going to be changed just as that person is changed by being part of this circle. We know this to be true as we have experienced changing lay leadership over however many years you've been a part of the Seventh Avenue experience. Most of my ministry as a Presbyterian pastor has been spent in interim ministry. That's the pastor you get between the installed pastor who's leaving and the stalled pastor who's coming, you get people like me, the interim pastor. And so I can tell you from my long experience in doing this work that there's going to be a lot of emotion to look forward to in the coming few years with an S this transition will take. There will be laughter. There will be tears. And there will even be a fight or two or three or four. We will have to learn to put up with different quirks. Our candles will be... Never mind. Um, there will be ups and downs. 
the wisdom of Jesus' painting of this huge canvas of cosmic truth will prove itself over and over again. I am reminded of what senior pastor said to me when I was his very rambunctious associate. Joan, weighed in the scales of the New Testament, does it really matter? Most of the time, it did not. It was only my ego experiencing what the polishing and shining experience of shared ministry is like when I did not get my way. We may each get to be polished up a bit as well. Our Christian tradition offers us image after image of Jesus, of the Christ, of the end times, of resurrection and new life. We can call on all of them in our worship life together and in our spiritual walks as individuals sharing this journey. Christ has come. Christ is coming. Christ will continue to come. Of that we can be sure and very sure, even here, even now. Amen. Amen.